Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Hanna. I'm delighted to bring you all the A Graduate Recruiter's Guide mini-series featuring Paul Gascoigne from Sherman & Sterling. Paul is a Senior Recruitment Manager at Sherman & Sterling with over 10 years of experience in recruiting graduates and school leavers. Prior to this, Paul worked at BPP Law School and as a Senior Outreach Marketing Manager. Aside from recruitment, Paul has a strong background in developing business plans and implementing marketing campaigns. Paul is known for his invaluable advice and support when applying for vacation schemes and training contracts, as well as supporting junior lawyers in their journey into the legal world. The mini-series will delve into how aspiring lawyers can master the training contract and vacation scheme application process, from researching law firms, getting the right things in your application, and also dispelling some of the classic myths that many believe to be true. And we are back again. Welcome back, Paul, for the final time. Great to be back. Thank you. Our absolute pleasure. So for our final episode, we are talking about all the myths and things you don't actually matter when it comes to law firm applications. So, Paul, you're the expert here. Firstly, what are some of the myths that people believe to be true about training contract and vacation scheme applications? So really good question. And I think, again, a week doesn't go by where I'm not well, inundated with questions about candidates thinking they're, they're at some kind of disadvantage. And the law firms have not pushed this information out. But for some reason, candidates get these things into the head about why they might be rejected. Um, and ultimately, I think what candidates need to think is that law firms are just looking for the best candidates. If you can convince a law firm that you're the best candidate, it doesn't matter um, about lots of, the, lots of the situations that people are in. So, for example, sometimes people think, I, I've studied outside of the UK, I'm an international student, will I be at a disadvantage? No, not at all. People come from all over the world to practice law in London. That's absolutely yeah. common. So that's not an issue at all. Will I be disadvantaged if I've already graduated? No, not at all. We're looking for the best people. The best people aren't going to be limited to second year law students, final year non-law students. So again, you know, those types of things don't matter. Um, this is the big one. If I've, non, if I've not gone to a Russell Group University, and I think this is part of a confidence issue. And one of the things I always say to candidates is have the confidence to apply. If you meet all the minimum criteria, and usually law firms are looking for A-levels and undergraduate degree, if you meet the minimum criteria, then apply. Ultimately, what we find is that most of the applications do come from people who've gone to Russell Group universities. Um, for, for, and I think part of that is, for, for, is all about confidence. So if you are at a non-Russell Group university and you meet the criteria, then apply. Law firms are not screening people based on the university that they go to. They're screening on academics, but they're not screening based on the university. And I think that is one of the big myths, which hopefully gradually has been uh, debunked. The other thing that people think is they'll be disadvantaged if they've studied part-time. If anything, that's, that's an advantage because usually people have studied and worked uh, and that's much harder to do. So, you know, that's another question that I face on a, on a weekly basis, which isn't true. And, and the other one, which is very common, if I've not studied law, you know, law is not one of these professions where you need to have studied law academically. And lots of people in the profession will say that the law degree isn't really a, you know, a, a crucial thing when it comes to actually being a lawyer. Uh, the skills, the, the knowledge is actually very different. And that's where you go to law school. Uh, and if you are a non-law student, then you do the GDL or, 
In the future, it'll be a GDL equivalent with the SQE coming in. Um, so again, those things don't matter. And the other question, if I'm a career changer, again, lots of positives for people being a career changer. One of the hardest things about recruiting people directly out of university is they don't have any work experience. And if you're recruiting second year law students, if someone has got two weeks work experience, that can be a lot. If someone has been a, well, uh, has worked in an, in an industry for a year, two years, up to 10 years, then they, they know how, how the working world operates. Uh, so all of those concerns that you might sometimes have with a second year undergraduate, you don't have. And again, it's all about playing to your strengths. All of these things that people think could be a disadvantage could all be flipped uh, into, a, into a positive. Yeah, and wow, wow. <laughs> Talk about getting a question and answered correctly and in depth. Thank you. I think what I'm gleaming from that is do you just be yourself. If you meet the criteria, go for it. Believe in yourself. Have that confidence, that self-belief. Have positive people around you and have those applications made. Don't give up on something because if one thing's for sure, you miss 100% of shots you don't take, right? So let's yeah. make sure we encourage people to do that. Okay, so tell us more about the common things you see in applications that don't need to be included or even matter. Um well, there's, there's quite a lot. There's quite a lot around language skills. Um, and I'm not saying language skills are irrelevant, but the reality is that most people are conducting their business through English. And sometimes candidates who might be able to speak a different language dedicate so much of the application to that when there's actually a small section on the application form where you tell us what languages you speak. Um, so, so things like that. Um, I think everyone has their own individual uh, the individual thing that they kind of prioritize in the application form. And actually, if you're not prioritizing the right thing, then it doesn't really make sense to the, to the reader. Um, but there's no, I would say, apart from languages, there's no one thing. I think there's lots of different reasons that, uh, there's lots of different justifications that people put in their application form. Some of it makes sense, some of it doesn't. Yeah, no, absolutely. And talking about things that don't necessarily matter, are there any things that people get worried about that aren't necessarily to worry about? There's no need to worry about. Yeah, so if you meet the minimum criteria, then that's okay. Some people get paranoid about like individual modules or their first year module grades. You know, we're quite open. We say, actually, if you do a law degree, then contract law is important. But it doesn't mean to say that you need to get like 65 or above in every single module. Um, you know, if you've, if, you've, if, if you've done a resit at some point in your life, again, that's not going to... It's not going to stop your application progressing. Um, some people get a little bit paranoid about what, when they should apply. So whether applications are rolling or non-rolling. And ultimately, if, you, if there's a deadline and it's a non-rolling application, it doesn't really matter when you, when you apply. A law firm isn't going to cut you out because you, know, you applied a week later than somebody else, even though you're a better candidate. So all of these all of these things people sometimes get a little bit paranoid about and start to make bad decisions. Like... So, for example, with the, with the deadlines, I need to rush my application to get it in as soon as the application is open. And then those candidates can sometimes be saying, well, I've now got some more work experience. I've now got my grades from university. And then almost it's too late because we can't add anything into an application once it's been submitted. So I don't think there's any rush to submit applications. So, you know, that's just another, uh, another example there. Ultimately, law firms aren't trying to trick people. If they tell people that there's a deadline, it's a non-rolling application then that's true. If they say that these are our minimum criteria, then that's true. If they say we're looking for this type of work experience, it's true. Um, so you know, you can, people can believe what a law firm says in terms of the, you know, what they're looking for on the, the, through the application process. 
Absolutely. And we say as well, we should never discourage people, you know, rejection is just redirection. You know, it's part yeah. of the application process. And there's a lot of myths about, well, I've been rejected by one firm, I'm never going to get another firm. So what would you say in terms of from that feedback or if people are rejected to give them that confidence and maybe how to kind of get feedback to, to be kind of more successful on other applications? Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up, Rob, because I hate it when people get rejected and they, they don't think they're a good candidate. People get rejected on the smallest of margins. There are so many people applying for, for law firms. I think at the moment in the UK, it's around 100 applications per training contract vacancy. Um, and ultimately, what people need to do is actually you know, reevaluate, think, you know, what, how far did I get through the process? I think if everyone is being, if a candidate is being rejected at application stage for every single law firm, then there's probably some fundamental issue on the application form. And I think it's a case of going back to basics. I think once people start getting past that application stage, and that is by far the hardest hurdle to get over, the application stage, then you know there's something good. So maybe it's more interview practice. Maybe it's more work experience. Um, but I think once you start getting past the application stage, then you know that you're a good candidate. And I, I always say to candidates who are on vacation schemes, even if they don't get training contracts, I know that you'll get a training contract within the next 18 months. Because when we review and we look back at candidates who were successful and weren't successful in our vacation schemes, they always end up with a training contract. Sometimes it's just more experience. If it's someone's first vacation scheme, and it's maybe the first time that this, they've done any work experience in a law firm, it's quite difficult. You might not be prepared for the types of questions that come up, might not be prepared for the types of uh, assessments which law firms use. There's no reason why you can't regroup, dust yourself down and come back as a stronger applicant. And I would even encourage people to reapply to the law firm that they've been rejected at. We've got quite a few trainees now who previously were rejected, came back with a stronger application and went through and were successful and are now trainees. There you go, folks. Then what a great case study that is. You know, I always say failure is just feedback. Failure is not final unless you choose for it to be. If you refuse to give up, then the right thing will happen. It will land eventually. So thank you so, so much, Paul. We've got through so much content over the last few weeks when it comes to all things training contracts and getting work experience. What I would just like to ask you is that any final words of advice you would have for the next generation of lawyers, aspiring lawyers, and how can people get in touch with you if they have any follow-up? questions well my advice i often give is have the confidence to apply um, i think that's a big thing I, I think lots of people you know self-select out when they don't need to and as you said if you don't buy a lottery ticket you're never going to win so have the confidence to apply in terms of keeping in touch people can follow me on linkedin i've got no issue with that i'm paul j gascoigne uh, on on linkedin and people can follow uh sherman so we've got a uh, sherman and sterling uk graduates which is our linkedin page specifically for people looking for training contracts or vacation schemes at Sherman. And that's really where I push out most of the, uh, the information and, and advice that I give. Uh, well, thank you so, so much, Paul. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show over recent weeks. That brings to a close the end of our a Graduate Recruiter's Guide mini-series here on the Legally Speaking podcast. But from all of us on the show, thanks so much once again, Paul. But for now, over and out. Thank you.